no. Uh, if you don't shout into the void at least once, you might as well not have sent the first email. Welcome to Dirt NC, where we talk all about the places and spaces of North Carolina and the people who make them awesome. I'm your host, Jed Byrne. Throughout my career in real estate development, finance, commercial brokerage, engineering, and construction, I have covered just about all facets of the real estate and land use ecosystem. This show is an opportunity to not only share what I've learned with you, but to also introduce you to my friends who are doing truly transformative work and sharing their stories. With each episode of Dirt NC, my goal is simple. I want you to walk away learning something new about land use. I promise to keep it simple and straight to the point. If you ever have any questions for me, feel free to reach out on Twitter at OakCityCRE. Now let's jump in. So today I had the chance to speak with Asa Hecker, who is a first-year MBA student at UNC Keenan Flagler. We first crossed paths when he was uh, networking as a student. He reached out to start up a conversation about my experience with development in Raleigh, and we have kept in touch since. He is currently at his internship with RealCo Capital Partners here in Raleigh, and I wanted to bring him on the show because even though he's only got a few years of experience and is kind of in the middle of his transition uh, in his career through his MBA program, I think he brings some real great insight into networking for those looking to transition into a career in real estate, and we really get into a few different aspects of networking advice, how to make sure you're not being overly persistent when you're networking with folks, and then he also shares his secret to staying organized with his outreach. But first, I wanted to start off with a little two truths and a lie so we could get to know Asa better. If you're ready, would love to hear your two truths and a lie, and we'll try to suss out the... I'll start with, uh, I won the trading contest during my Wall Street summer internship. Okay. I made my high school basketball team, uh, varsity team my freshman year. Okay. And my brother is addicted to chocolate. Okay, define addicted. Uh, as withdrawal. Like cold sweats and headaches? Yes. Okay, and then basketball team is freshman. I think that's pretty doable. I think chocolate is pretty easy. What was the contest? So you won. I can uh, believe that, but what is the what were the parameters of the contest? Everyone gets ten million dollars. Everyone gets five days, Monday to Friday. Who makes the most money? Is this real money? No, paper. Yeah, <laughs> monopoly money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How much did you make? Oh gosh, it's a good question. I think I like probably doubled the money. Doubled your money in ten million dollars in yeah. five days. Uh, maybe you know what? I don't remember how much I made. That's actually a great point. I have no idea how much I made, but I did make the most. Okay. So you made the, so I got to call BS on that one because I think one, mm -hmm. doubling your money in five days, if that were true, mm -hmm. I would have quit my job, taken my last paycheck and gone and doubled that a couple times over the rest of the summer and wound up with like a billion dollars. Well, you better hope that the German bond did exactly what it did <laughs> in those three days. <laughs> okay. So I'm wrong. That is not the lie. It's not the lie. Oh, okay. Well, congrats. Thank you. All right. Which one's the lie? Uh, I actually never played basketball until freshman year of college. Okay. I was I was a garbage athlete growing up. I love basketball now, um, but I didn't touch a basketball until I was 18, 19 years old. That so a, I would that have is a good lie. I would have not made the team. 
That's fair. No, that's a good lie though, because it's you know it's got a sea yep. of truth, which is, is a good. If you're gonna lie, I don't I don't condone it. <laughs> I don't advise it. But if you're going to lie, that's a good way to do it. So, um, thank you for that, Asa. If you would though, please please tell us a little bit kind of about yourself and, and really just kind of how you introduce yourself yeah. um, in in the kind of business real estate context. Absolutely. So usually I start with you know I just say I work in real estate and uh, and then peel back layers until the person seems disinterested. <laughs> Uh, the first layer is commercial real estate, not residential. Okay. So we're talking office buildings, apartment buildings. Um, and then, um, you know, if they're interested, I'll speak to them about, you know, this summer I'm working on student purpose built apartments specifically, but by then I've usually lost them. And who's that with when, for your summer internship, who are you working for? Oh, yep. So, uh, this summer I'm with real co-capital partners. Um, they're based in Stanford, Connecticut, but, um, the, myself, uh, a VP and, and a principal are, are here in the Raleigh. We work. Perfect. Um, yeah. And it's, then it's which, yeah, thank you for hosting us here today. Of it's course. a beautiful space. Yeah. Uh, this, this is not sponsored by WeWork, but you know, <laughs> I, I do approve of the WeWork space. Um, and then you said office where you, do you have real estate experience prior to going to get your MBA? Yep. I, uh, so I spent four years with Wells Fargo, um, right out of undergrad, but, uh, two of those four years were specific to hotel lending. Yeah. Perfect. And then, you know, is, is the, what's the hope post internship? What is What is your long-term hope in real estate? So I would say that one of the reasons I got into real estate was because I'm a big fan of work-life balance and my experience at Wells Fargo coupled with my undergrad business degree. And then you throw Granted, it was remote, but you throw a year of an MBA program on there, you get a lot of exposure to what's out there in the business world and different, everyone uses the word culture, mm -hmm. but that, look, it's a real word and what is culture that's dependent on the workplace. Uh, but uh, I was looking for a firm that would offer me relatively good work-life balance. It's not to say there aren't long days, but if you want to go to the gym, no one bats an eye. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking for that. And typically those are small firms. When you got, I guess, interested in, in pursuing your MBA, was that part of the equation? Like, did you know no. for sure about the culture you're seeking about, or is that something you learned as you go? I, so I, f I would say I, I fell into real estate a little bit simply because after my two year experience uh, doing, it was municipal bond, kind of mm -hmm. capital markets, investment banking services. Uh, at Wells, uh, knowing that wasn't where I wanted to be, but knowing I was in a great spot being at, at a large firm um, with a lot of opportunity, I just networked internally and it just so happened that um, there were two positions that, and I know you'd mentioned this before, sometimes it's important um, to see the bigger picture and understand that it's okay if you go lateral or even go down. Um, I took a 40% pay cut. Um, jumping from my uh, kind of IB, whatever you want to call it. It was it was a mishmash, and it's a conversation for another time. Um, but they called it IB, and they paid you like IB. And uh, it's it's important to see the bigger picture, especially when you're young in your career, and understand that uh, everyone says the career path isn't linear. And there's a reason why everyone says that. So that's a perfect example of where it wasn't linear. It, it actually went down. Um, but the people I was working with were great. Uh, and I ended up learning just a tremendous amount, uh, yeah. underwrote a hotel, I, 18 year old Asa would have never believed that, you know, 20, 
four-year-old Asa would be underwriting a, you know, $50 million hotel in San Diego. Yeah. It's very strange, um, but fun. And that's, well, that's the beauty of it. And that's, I mean, I think, right. I mean, whether it's a step down, step across, you know, if you're, if you're going full steam at, at a great clip in the wrong direction, it's still the wrong direction, right? So sometimes yeah. you do have to step back, reset, make sure you're heading where you think you want to go. Mm-hmm. And that can be tough and challenging, but I think ultimately, you know, that's kind of everyone in life is kind of just trying to figure it out. Like nobody has it set from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, but and the so ones you, that do usually change course, right. Or, or they're <laughs> just lying to themselves. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, so you went back to Keenan Flagler to get your MBA, which is kind of how we cross paths. You know, you're now a student between first year and second year. You've got this internship in Raleigh you know, doing what you want to do, what would you say it was kind of, you know, what, what advice either were you given or, or do you give to people when discussing or thinking about, you know, I want to get into real estate development or I want to get into investing, you know, what, what's the advice that you give or what was the good advice that you got? Absolutely. I would say, well, most things start out as simple as, you should just read what the industry kind of uh, folk are reading. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if anyone gave me this advice. They probably did. But early on, I subscribed to uh, both the Charlotte and the Triangle Business Journals. Nice. And not a, not a plug for <laughs> not the service. But yeah. Um, and there's... I think an important uh, thing to note as well is if you're getting like say a newspaper, like you don't have to read every story, but the stories you do read, you hope you're interested in them. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say start learning local development projects. Even if you want to be in the investment space, no one, I take that back. There are, there are several news stories about um, investments as well. But what I have been typically drawn to is the new developments that are in a city because they signal growth. Mm -hmm. They signal excitement. Um, uh, I, I would say, you know, ask yourself the basic questions around why the developer feels there's outsized demand for their project. Um, and even start reaching out to folks by guessing their email addresses. Uh, ask these folks about their day-to-day, what challenges they face on the job. I mean, people love, most people, if they, if they love what they're doing, then they love to talk about what they do. Yeah. And what, what better way to learn than from the people that are that are doing it. It's a, uh, it, it takes a little bit of courage to, um, not have someone respond to your email, but not all that much courage. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, I mean, again, I think that's how we originally connected when I was at capital associates. Um, and, and I would absolutely echo that advice is whether you have the background in real estate or not, you know, reading the articles, finding out who the kind of movers and shakers are, why they're deciding what they are deciding and which direction they're going, understanding the language and, and kind of, you know, development in real estate, I don't think is rocket science. And so mm-hmm. if, if you can kind of get a grasp of the lingo and kind of what people are talking about, it really makes you pretty well informed to go into those meetings. And then again, absolutely. Um, it's pre- at least in Raleigh, in my experience, you know, in the last eight years, it's extremely easy to get meetings with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you reach out and again, the, the thing on guessing the emails is great because oftentimes you don't know someone's email, but you could say, okay, well, I know someone, if I Google that email extension, it tends to be first initial last name That's or right. first name <laughs> underscore last name or last name or first yeah. name, you know, and you can guess. And if you get it wrong, usually it just kicks back and says, this is not a valid email address. Uh, so you can keep guessing. There was actually a website, somebody in 
in my class found and shared. There's a, there's a few now. They all, almost all the ones I've found, uh, require subscriptions. Okay. Well, this, this was, this was a, it would like test and it would just do yep. that. So it would it ping all the different email servers, nice. but no, that's good advice. Right. So if you can get a meeting with somebody, then you have something mm-hmm. to talk about. And of course, and absolutely agreed from, from my side of the table. Um, people like talking about what they do and things that they care about. And so if you're reaching out and say, Hey, I like your project. I'm interested in your company. They'll absolutely talk about the the one step further. I would go for you. And this is unsolicited advice for sure, but the hard part, and this is something I think you're good at. The easy part is getting the meeting. The easy part is starting the conversation. The hard part and where I think 95% of the value is, is keeping in touch with people and staying in front of them. Because Mm -hmm. again, you know, most people aren't hiring that day they're not starting a new project that day but in the next year two years three years mm-hmm. um there's a lot of of i think value in keeping up with people but it's challenging um and then again you never know where it's going to go so uh, mm-hmm. i do think that's great advice absolutely i would i would i would echo that um the only reason i ended up at at real co was was perseverance and and uh the knowledge that you know there's always uh recruitment next year that's, yeah that's specific advice for 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 the mba candidate um that that's in their summer internship. But, uh, you know, at, at the outset from a networking perspective, you should hope to interview with as many people as possible as, you know, it doesn't have to be a job interview. It can be yeah. an informational interview. Um, you never know who you might click with. And the important thing is you know, following up. Yeah. Do you, what do you think was kind of the biggest, um, what, what led the most to your success in finding an internship? Do you think it was the perseverance? Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, this again will be advice specific to, um, folks recruiting for real estate in, in an MBA program, but everyone tells you that the cycle is late. Um, I'll tell you that I interviewed for, um, a job in November. Mm-hmm that's arguably, you know, kind of like the investment banking consulting timeframe. So November would be early for a job in June. Very early. Yeah. Yep. Um, now granted again, like the, the investment bankers and consultants in, in, uh, the MBA program do recruit in September and October and they have their offers locked up in, in November. Must be Um, nice. But yeah, well, it's also, you don't, you really don't enjoy that first uh, right. two or three months right. of school. Oh man. But everyone's in it together. So it's, I did not envy them Yeah, coming from a bank. I knew exactly what they were going through. So no, thank you. So what, what, what was it? Cause I do think, um, cause I, I've given the persistent advice to, I think it's a good thing, but I think the immediate fear is, well, if I'm persistent, I'm going to be annoying or, or people don't, you know, this person doesn't know me. What, why, if I just keep reaching out if I'm persistent. So, so what was, do you think is, is maybe some advice or a key to success on being persistent without, uh, I won't say being annoying, but the negative side effects or potential side effects of persistence. People describe it as like a squeaky wheel. Squeaky wheels are annoying. So, you know, you don't necessarily want to be a squeaky wheel. Certainly keeping a list, uh, and on that list, having a little note section that says the last time you emailed them. Yeah. Um, and that's to keep from, from over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. So, so for some, and, and I could not, you know, relate to that question more. Everyone's worried about that. That's actually probably everyone's biggest concern when they're emailing a complete stranger. Yeah. Is this per I, you know, why would this person give me the time of day? Especially if you didn't get the response initially. Correct. Right. So I'm following up. Like, am I I just shouting into the void? No. Uh, If you don't shout into the void at least once, you might as well not have sent the first email. Yeah. 
a lot of people, you've, you and I have missed emails before. Mm -hmm. It happens. Uh, everyone's human, especially if you're emailing a hotshot developer. Mm -hmm. Chances are they're seeing a few emails in mm -hmm. their inbox every day. Um, never be ashamed about the follow-up. Just make it a polite follow-up. Don't take it personally that they haven't responded, but always, always, always follow up if they haven't responded once. I would say give them the courtesy of, gosh, depending on who they are uh, and use your best judgment. But I would say uh, you could wait three weeks mm -hmm. and follow up again. I think that's super reasonable. I think anything less than two is you would be considered annoying because <laughs> they don't owe you their time that badly. <laughs> well, that's actually one of the, one of the things that somebody told me one time, which mm -hmm. I, I use to this day, not yeah. just for meetings, but um, is this idea of, of the no need to reply comment. So like, I'll put that in the subject line. If I'm reaching out to you and I say, Asa, you know, or, you know, can we grab coffee? Question mark, no need to reply. So I'll put that right up in front because one of the things that I hate is it, when I email you, mm -hmm. it's a micro obligation, whether or not yeah. you've asked for it or just, I'm, it's like now that. something that's on your mental plate that is, is, you know, it's a little, it's a tiny burden. And again, my, my hope is reaching out to you is to connect to, to bring value to, to, for it to be a positive experience. And if I'm starting off with like a little just obligation, mm -hmm. um, I don't like it. And again, I think it, if so, if you get that off the front, like, listen, you, you owe me nothing. You don't have to respond. I'm not going to think poorly of you. Uh, you know, it just, just, you know, no need to respond. And, mm -hmm. and I've found one that, that people want tend to respond. Um, and they see that and they understand that and they, they do tend to get back to you. Um, but also it's just a nice way of saying like, listen, I, I know this is from a complete stranger. And again, you don't know me a thing. So mm -hmm. that helped me. And again, it also, it also takes the sting off of, you know, I feel bad for emailing this person out of the blue. Right, so it's like, well, listen, right. I'm, I'm not actually asking for anything. Like, yeah. yes, there's a question. Yes. I'd like to grab coffee or lunch or whatever. But, um, again, reducing that obligation I've, I've found to be helpful for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but also you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people get busy and they forget and, um, or something comes up or life and, and again, more often than not, if people didn't respond right away or on the first time or the second time, I found that people in all earnest would say, oh, thank you for my, you know, thank you for, I meant to do that, but the holidays came up or I meant to get back to you and this, you know, and so I do think it's um, persistence is key. So I think that's awesome advice. I would, and could, could not, you know, echo that enough. I would say like everything in life, on the other hand, um, there is such thing as too much persistence and, uh, sometimes it's good to just kind of read the room. Yeah. I've certainly had some folks that I followed up with the knowledge that I probably wasn't going to get a response mm -hmm. just because of who that person was kind of like, you know, what that person's role was, the firm that person was at, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, this was, you know, this was a firm that I felt I'd had some sort of ground with and may have an, uh, an interview possibility. And, you know, it's, it's a competitive environment. Um, and I guess my point being, if you think that person is giving you I'm busy vibes, yeah, they probably are. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. Right? And that's I mean, completely that's, okay. You, you probably want to work at the places where people are busy and there's a lot of exciting things going on. That's right. And your, your top priority is not responding to random strangers. That's on exactly the right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and, and so you, one last point on that or question, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned the list. Was yeah. that Excel? 
Was that? Like... I, I love Excel. Yeah. yeah so again, Excel. I think that's a fairly typical MBA thing is we're all in Excel a lot, especially in the real estate program. But I do wonder, cause I did the same thing. I still have Excel lists and, and lists that I keep, I mean, I got one right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if there's not an opportunity for like a recruiting job search CRM of, I don't know if that's like a Salesforce thing or, or again, not sponsored by Salesforce, yeah. but something, cause I feel like we all do the same thing. And, um, I don't know, but the file, file that away for, for a business opportunity. And, and, um, I don't know, but I feel I like we all say, have it won't be me. Right. <laughs> it won't be me that's making that. So, but, but it works. Yeah. I mean, again, staying yeah. organized oh, yeah. helps you to be persistent, gives you the confidence to reach back out, know who you've talked to, know what you're talking about. Um, I, so would, I think that's great advice. One, one thing that really, uh, was detrimental, I would say to like the first few months when I was in the program was, uh, um, putting too much reliance on, you know, my own kind of storage mentally, mm-hmm. um, to maintain this kind of like, cause if you're doing your MBA, right. I mean, you're emailing a lot of people and you're having a lot of conversations because there's only, you know, this two year period where you can mm-hmm. say, Hey, I'm a student, you know, please talk to me. Um, and, and you're going to get a, every, this is, that is great advice that I've gotten several times is while you're a student use the student card play the student card yeah yeah absolutely and and uh, I'll, I'll i'll agree with that too but i will stress hmm. that while you lose the student card in may of 2022 mm-hmm. that's right um if you keep on the networking kind of hat you, you'll find, I'm mean, just in the long, I mean, it, networking and relationship really is what it boils down to, especially in real estate. It's a long game. And, and I'm shocked, uh, both positively and negatively personally, where there were people that I reached out to when I was a student. And then I see them at a conference six years later and mm-hmm. it's like, oh shoot, you know, you fell off my radar and I just completely lost touch. And just imagine if six, eight, 10 years later, I'd kept up that relationship and we'd kept up that relationship. Imagine the possibilities because then there are several other people in the room who I did keep up with every mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and you see these great opportunities come from it because again maybe it's maybe you know for you it's it's internship and then it's full-time and then it's you know job one two but but it's a pretty small world mm-hmm. um and so right you lose the student card for sure but um those relationships I think can 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 be beneficial and will be beneficial for a very long time. So it's it's definitely still a long game. I wouldn't worry. Like you use the student card to your full advantage, but don't worry about losing it because um, then you just have the hey, I'm a recent post MBA, and then hey, I'm you know thinking about switching jobs, or hey, I've got this five years of experience and I want to try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get other cards. I mm-hmm. guess is my point. I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I one. It, it's a great excuse to kind of light a fire under your butt mm-hmm. while you're there for those two years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, which probably is what I'm using it for. Right. Yeah. And but it, to your point, you, you got to figure out what works yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Full-time career. So yeah. you're using geography as a criteria, uh, or filter for full-time. What, mm-hmm. what other kind of full-time career so search advice? Apologies. Or yeah. Ways um, do you think about that? Most people would say you shouldn't use geography yeah. and that's what, that's where I was trying to get with that. Um, most, uh, career advisors, certainly in the business school and, and, and real estate specific, uh, because you can always re-recruit and an internship in Atlanta does not mean you will necessarily work full time in Atlanta mm-hmm. and you could have a tremendous summer experience in Atlanta and take that to New York. Yeah. Um, however, I got this advice, um, and granted 
I'm a bit of a special case in the sense that I knew I wanted to be in Charlotte or Raleigh. Not everyone knows they want to be in a certain geography, but if you know you want to be there full time, you should do everything in your power to land your summer there because that's where you'll be building your network. Right. Um, and I actually, surprisingly enough, did not get that advice as often as I think I should have, but one person gave it to me and it stuck with me. Um, and lo and behold, it paid off. I got my offer very late. Yeah. Very late in the cycle. Um, but a lot of people get their offers late in the cycle, so don't let it be a discouragement. If your cylinders are firing on full blast and you're doing everything in your power, there's always a development shop or an investment shop in May yeah. that's still going to be looking. And uh, um, to your point, I think we talked about where, what is it, um, preparation and... Uh, Opportunity to meet. Oppor- yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, again, I had the same geographic constraint uh for my second post mba position mm-hmm. um and but but it, it can go both ways so like i would absolutely if you know you're going to wind up in raleigh or want to wind up in raleigh or in my case it was we were living in raleigh i needed to be in raleigh i wasn't mm-hmm. going to move away um right the best job in atlanta or the best job in dc or san francisco doesn't help me mm-hmm. uh the flip side to that though is i've definitely seen success in people where they were strategic about the job in New York or DC or Chicago or Raleigh or wherever has a something about it that will help me in my long-term goal. Um, and so I think if there's a strategy behind it, I think that works. I, I, I would tend to agree with you though, that I'm a little bit leery of the advice of, Hey, you know, just because it's a bigger market or a better job or a better shop, that's going to help you in this other market. I don't know that it always transfers. Um, it certainly can, but again, I think that it, you're better off if it's a strategic, time um and strategic engagement than just oh because it's new york it's better or because it's firm x you know because Mm -hmm. it's google that's going to help um and maybe actually maybe with google (laughs) that is the case but um no that's uh you know right everybody's search is different everybody's advice is different but i do think um that is good advice for for thinking about long term so what is it about raleigh and charlotte that um put that up on on top of your list Uh, I spent four years in Charlotte uh, after undergrad and absolutely loved the city. I had, I had the option actually um, to either join Wells in New York or Charlotte. Um, And it was a no brainer because I'd spent uh, the summer trading German buns uh, in New York and learned what cost of living meant as an adult. (laughs) So I picked Charlotte and I loved it. The weather's great. Uh, Not you're close. You're close enough to the mountains. Um, so you can get a lot of good hikes in. Yeah. Um, but Raleigh got the same thing. City Oaks, plenty of trees. Uh, big green guy. I need yeah. grass and you trees. Need, you need outside? Yeah. That was um, that was one of the things. You know, so, yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Obviously, I'm biased towards Raleigh, but lived in Charlotte. Um, yeah, agreed that North Carolina is fantastic for all the reasons you mentioned. But it was funny. You know, when I was at Keenan Flagler, it's kind of my first time being around international students for any real length of time mm-hmm. and that was one of the takeaways is everybody was like there's animals you know not everybody certain people from certain major metropolises were yeah. like there's animals and squirrels and there's just you see deer and yeah. there's green everywhere <laughs> like what is the deal with all these trees uh, and you forget right everybody doesn't have access to that all the time so mm-hmm. um that is yeah one of the things uh, again i'm extremely biased but uh, i love that here so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what it is that you think makes someone uh, a good candidate for a full-time MBA if they're interested in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you can, 
get real world real world experiences as quickly as you can. Um, it took me two years to land in in a, in a real estate role, and as I mentioned earlier, it was it was a little bit of happenstance. It was mm-hmm. what happened to be you know open at the time, and and I got lucky. But uh, it's 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 an exciting area, um, and those real world experiences, like when I worked at, at Wells and hotel lending, um, they those are real deadlines with real consequences that I was responsible for the treasurer uh, receiving, you know, some document that she needed. And I kid you not, she's running, you know, a multi, multi, multi billion dollar real WP carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of pressure there. I'm 24 years old and uh, I had to call her up and, and explain to her how I needed her personal address. It's just things you don't really expect you'd be doing. But if you're coming right out of school, there's just a, a level of conduct um, that certain industries and services hammer um, life skills into you that uh, can make you a big asset for an MBA school. And yep. there's no, it's no shock that um, the, I believe the sort of traditional timeline is uh, most MBA candidates have two to four years of, of real world experience. And that's, that's not a coincidence. Well, and, and uh, yeah, again, I would, I would agree with that because I think even in areas where you don't have the experience, right? If you're doing a marketing case, just, just simply having that real sense of urgency of like, if you make a decision, there are repercussions. And Mm -hmm. so again, you're reading about a case, some company you've never heard of, some industry you've never been in, some country you've never been to, but it makes it much more real and impactful. And I think you can internalize those lessons better if you can connect to and say, okay, well, if we mess up this project, you know, those results hit the P and L and we're going to hear about it at the quarterly meeting. You know, so it just, it translates, you can, with real experience, you can translate, you can kind of leverage that to, to expand, um, into the lessons of school, which is, is helpful. And, and since your, your experience was different from mine, I'll kind of add a tack on question to that of mm-hmm. how important do you think for someone who wants to exit their MBA in a real estate role, how important do you think previous real estate experience is to making that um, exit? I think if you really want to work in real estate, um, it's not that important. If you want to impress people, you don't necessarily have to have it on your resume, but you should become, like I mentioned before, a student of the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Start learning how developers and investors think and start developing your own, no pun intended, your own perspective and take on certain asset classes or certain sub-markets. It, it uh, makes, makes you a much more attractive candidate if you're able to demonstrate your, if, I wouldn't call it natural personal interest, but active personal interest. Mm-hmm. You're clearly taking the time to either learn about that firm and what they do or that sub-market that the firm owns a property in that they're familiar with and you can relate and show you can show your ability to potentially add value yeah. to their organization uh, because you've spent the time understanding what their organization does. Right. And, and right, I think you haven't, I mean, I think it goes both ways. I definitely had, had classmates who had previous experience and were 
I mean, very impressive and smart and driven. I mean, just it was good for them and I think good for their employers that they had that experience, but also having that kind of outside perspective, right? So you can bring some different market knowledge or, or different uh, viewpoints to your role and your background. I think that makes a, a unique case for why you think a deal is a good deal or why you think a project is a good project or acquisition. Um, so right. I think that's, I think that's great advice. Um, that's kind of the end of, of my questions. Is there anything that we didn't discuss that you wish we had talked about or wish I had asked you? No. Hit it all. Yeah. I think we hit it all. Awesome. Well, Asa, thank you for your time. No, Jed, uh, thank you. I wish I you the best it. of luck in uh, the rest of your summer, yeah. year two. Yeah. Uh, look forward to staying in touch. And right, thank you for your perspectives. This was great. So I mm-hmm. appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, sir. Absolutely. If you know anyone who is thinking about transitioning into a career in real estate or thinking about going back to get an MBA, I would highly recommend that you reach out uh, and share this episode with them because I think they have a lot they can get from it. As always, I'm so grateful that you have chosen to share this time with me. If you ever have any questions about Dirt NC or any land use related issues, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Oak City CRE. Also, if you're looking for a simple and straight to the point weekly update on commercial development in Raleigh, you can subscribe to my newsletter at www.oakcitycre.com. Until next time, thank you.